Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today is a very special broadcast. Matter of fact, this entire week, I've got a special set of broadcasts where I'm going to be interviewing my good friend, John Tesh. And of course, most of you know him. He probably doesn't need much of an introduction, but John and his wife, Connie Selica, have become good friends. And John overcame cancer, has written a book about it, IT'S REALLY GOING TO BLESS YOU, SO STAY TUNED FOR OUR JOHN TESH INTERVIEW. TODAY WE'VE GOT SOMETHING VERY SPECIAL. I'VE GOT JOHN TESH WITH ME, AND I'M GOING TO BE INTERVIEWING HIM AND TALKING TO HIM. AND JOHN, IT IS A REAL HONOR TO HAVE YOU ON MY GOSPEL TRUTH TELEVISION PROGRAM. WELL, BACK AT YOU. AND uh, the, 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 THE HEADLINE OF THIS IS THE REASON I'M STILL ALIVE IS BECAUSE OF, uh, of YOU AND CARIS AND, OF COURSE, JESUS CHRIST. BUT um, but it's, a, it's AN INTERESTING STORY of, OF HOW I GOT HEALED, AND IT'S A STORY I THINK THAT'LL BE AN ENCOURAGEMENT TO OTHER well, PEOPLE. WELL, WE DEFINITELY WANT TO GET INTO ALL OF THAT. BUT, YOU KNOW, WHEN I FIRST... WHEN YOU FIRST CONTACTED ME, WE HELD A MEETING IN RIVERSIDE, CALIFORNIA. That's AND right. THEY SAID THAT JOHN TISH AND CONNIE SELICA WANTED TO SEE IF THERE WAS A TIME TO MEET ME, AND I HAD NEVER HEARD OF YOU. YEAH, WHICH... YEAH, WHICH WAS AWESOME. I'M EMBARRASSED. THERE'S PROBABLY ONLY ONE OTHER PERSON IN THE UNITED STATES THAT HAD NEVER HEARD OF YOU. WELL, YOU WOULD HAVE HAD TO HAVE WATCHED <laughs> ENTERTAINMENT TONIGHT FOR 10 YEARS. AND I NEVER HAVE right. SEEN oh, yeah, FIGURED. AND YOU WOULD HAVE HAD TO WATCH BIKE RACING AND OLYMPIC GYMNASTICS. So, AND I DIDN'T DO RIGHT. That. THERE YOU GO. SO YOU, you, you WERE RIGHT. You, you, YOU PICKED A LANE <laughs> that, was, THAT WAS IN BETWEEN MINE. BUT LET ME SAY THIS FOR THAT ONE OTHER PERSON THAT HASN'T KNOWN <laughs> WHO YOU true. ARE. BUT ANYWAY, I'VE GOT A LIST HERE. YOU HAVE... Uh, BEEN INDUCTED INTO THE NATIONAL RADIO HALL OF FAME, NORTH CAROLINA MUSIC HALL OF FAME. YOUR SPORTS THEME uh, FOR, I THINK IT'S NBC... Is FOR it BASKETBALL, basketball? Yeah, YEAH. It THEY SAID IT'S THE GREATEST SPORTS THEME IN TELEVISION HISTORY. Some, SOMEBODY SAID THAT. I DIDN'T SAY THAT. <laughs> YOU'RE LIVE AT RED ROCKS CONCERT. NOW, I HAVE SEEN THAT AFTER I MET YOU, AND MAN, I LOVED IT. THAT WAS... That what, what, was NOT FAR FROM HERE. THAT yeah. WAS AWESOME. Uh, YOU HOSTED uh, ENTERTAINMENT TONIGHT FOR 10 YEARS, CO-HOSTED IT, AND YOU NOW HAVE A RADIO PROGRAM HEARD ON 350 STATIONS WITH 14 MILLION PEOPLE EACH WEEK. Uh, AND I'M SURE THERE'S MANY OTHER THINGS, BUT MAN, WHAT AN HONOR TO HAVE YOU ON MY PROGRAM. I IT'S really SO, so GREAT TO BE HERE, and, AND WE CAN we can DO THE MUTUAL ADMIRATION SOCIETY all, you know, all, ALL DAY HERE, BUT uh, I'm, I'M REALLY HAPPY TO BE HERE well, TO TALK TO YOU. LET'S TELL THE PEOPLE ABOUT HOW WE FIRST MET THAT VERY FIRST TIME IN RIVERSIDE. YEAH, IT'S... Um, and, AND YOU KNOW, IT'S A STORY YOU'VE HEARD BEFORE. Uh, I, I KNOW THIS BECAUSE I'VE BEEN TO... I KNOW CONNIE AND I HAVE BEEN TO MAYBE FOUR OR FIVE OF YOUR, of, of your MEETINGS, MOST OF THEM IN, in, in PHOENIX, BUT I, I WAS DIAGNOSED WITH A VERY RARE FORM of cancer, of prostate cancer, and it didn't make any blood markers. So, me meaning that you know, normally, you know, for a guy, you go and you get you get tested, uh, you get a blood test, and if you're PSA, uh, pros PSA, <laughs> specific right. antigen, prostate specific antigen, if if it if it varies or if it's if it's very high, you know, then they're like, well, something might be going on. Mine was really low. Mine was a 0.4 for five years. So they're like, oh, you're fine. And then, and then the doctor went and did the, 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 um, the digital rectal exam. 
And he said, whoa, 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 there's something, something's wrong here. Uh, we, we need to get this checked out. And we need to get this checked out ended up going from a, from a, a, a sonogram to a biopsy. And then within, you know, a month, I was at Johns Hopkins having, having surgery and uh, I was given they figured maybe 18 months to live. Really? Yeah. So I mean, a it death was, I mean, it, they... it was it was literally when you see when you see somebody pull the tablecloth out. That's that's how I felt. I mean, we were just we didn't know what we were going to do. And so I went through. Uh, I mean, I'll compress the time a little bit, you know. But, but we we went through the surgery at, uh, at Johns Hopkins and then at, uh, at Northwestern. Uh, you know, I got, originally got diagnosed at, uh, at US, UCLA, and these doctors did an amazing job. I mean, at that time, I had faith for the doctors, and, and we found because Connie does this uh, Intelligence for Your Health show, and I do and I do the radio show. We were connected to. We were always talking to these you know high level uh, hospitals and, and universities. And so we found some great doctors, and they, and they did a tremendous job. But the cancer just, you know, it, it kept coming back. You know, I'd go in for scans, and they'd say, well, this, this lymph node lit, lit so up. So when and, they did all this surgery, did they get it all? Did they feel like they had gotten they, everything? Yeah, they, they, yes, they, they did. I mean, it but was... it, uh, it came back. It, yeah. Uh, and, and, what, and what happens with, with prostate cancer is that if, if you don't get it uh, early enough, it can extend to other parts of your, of your body, obviously. And lymph nodes is the number one thing. And so... Yeah, I, 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 I'm always saying that if, I think if you scan yourself enough, you'll find something, you know, and, and that's, so that's, that's you, true. right. And so, so that's what happened there. And, and in the middle of this, um, we were going to, Connie had discovered uh, this, this church in uh, Chino Hills, Calvary Baptist Church. And, uh, and she, she'd heard Jack Hibbs, who actually you've, you've, you've had uh, uh, on, on your program before. And, and she said, I heard this, I heard this guy on the radio. And uh, I'm going out to to, uh, to see him, and you can come if you want. <laughs> I was like, okay. So we went out there, and we really enjoyed it. And uh, and then one of our friends, who, who you now know, uh, Cha Cha Sandoval. Yeah, she was she, great. She uh, she sort of randomly showed up at our house, and she we hadn't seen her for years. And she said, I heard you're going to this church. Can I carpool with you? And he said, okay, fine, fine. So we started carpooling with her, and she was also a cancer survivor, and so. One day after surgery, she goes into, I'm sorry, after the service, I got surgery on the mind. She, she goes into her car and she says, hey, here's a CD that you might like. Um, now, don't worry about the accents. It's a little wonk, wonky, as she said. He said but, and I had just, you know, people, since I got diagnosed, people had been handing me CDs and books and prayer things and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I said, oh, I don't want to. Uh, so you please, were already please. a believer through all this. I was a, I was a believer. You know, I have two uncles that are Baptist preachers. I was raised in the Methodist church. Um, but I, I would have to say that, I mean, once I met Connie, we ended up in a Messianic church, and, and which was wonderful. So, yes. Absolutely, my faith was strong. Before we get too far into this, you need to mention Connie. Uh, is my wife, Connie Salica. Yes, yeah, and I had heard of her because of Greatest American Hero. This is terrible. So you had no <laughs> idea who I was. You know, I've right never here. heard of you, but I'd heard of Connie, and I'm sure she's got many other accomplishments in television. But you know the what? One that's that my favorite. That's was, my favorite show. Was Greatest yeah, that's American Hero. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love the song that they. Had yeah, believe there. it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's awesome. yeah. I, I, yeah, I loved I loved that show. Connie's that's sort of a great sort movie. of when I fell in love with her, back in the day. But uh, so Cha Cha comes out of the car and she hands us this CD. And I'm like, oh please! So, so we're it's like an hour drive back to our, our our house in Los Angeles, and I and and Connie goes, give me that, and she takes the CD. And and she sticks it, it, it she sticks it in the in the CD player in the car, and your voice comes out, and I was like, 
no, 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 this is great. I'm home because my whole family, except for me, is from the, the deep south, right? So your voice oh, it was... It didn't bother you. Oh, it bothered me. I was like, well, it sounds like my uncle. Well, I think the first time I heard you talk, you got up and thought I was uh, Gomer Pye. I was making a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm not the first person to make that joke, though. Yeah, I thought you were serious because I've thought that same thing. Yeah, Gomer Pyle is a great singer, but he's got nothing on you. Uh, so anyway, I'm listening to this thing, and I actually, I actually, I actually wrote about uh, about this, and, and it was, and it's, it's, it, it's a, it, it's a funny thing because I'm, I'm, I'm leaning against the the window, you know, pretending I'm not listening, right? Because she put it in, and I didn't put it in, right? And so, and all of a sudden, you're talking about. Uh, uh, it's, it's like you're angry at me uh, from, from the CD. Like it's, you know, no, wait a second. You know, you're killing yourself with the way you're talking. And I'm thinking, what are you? And then, and then you landed on Mark 11, 23, you know, and, you know, you'll, you'll have what you say. And then Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm listening. I'm, I'm sitting up, right? And Connie's driving because she always drives. And so, <laughs> oh, sorry. And so, um, so I'm sitting up straight and I'm listening now and I'm paying attention and, and this, this, uh, you're, you're going through all of the scriptures and you're talking about how, you know, we, you just, you've got it wrong, you know, don't, and then you, and then don't limit God, you know, and so we were so focused on this that we almost drove past our, our, our exit and that really started us on the, on the path to Do you meditating. you remember what teaching that was? It was, it was the, it was the, uh, it was the CD collection, oh, yeah. a better way uh-huh. to pray. But, but once I, once you got to Mark eleven twenty three, I, I, w- I was stalled in Mark eleven twenty three. I didn't want to hear anything else. I just wanted to, I don't wanted to see it in every translation, you know, and, uh, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you're putting it up, but it just, it, it's, it's all, you know, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. And I'm thinking, what do you mean doesn't doubt in his heart, you know? And so, this is our whole discussion, our, our so whole conversation. So had you heard that before, or now, was that brand new? I'm sure I had read it, but I, but I just didn't, I, I, I just know, didn't sometimes know when you're in a need, like going through right. cancer treatment, right. you listen and hear things that you don't right. normally yeah. get. God just spoke that to you. Well, and they say, they also say, you know, from the, from the secular world, they say that these marketing people know that, like, if you're not in the market for a car, you won't even see a car commercial on TV, right? I was in the market for, for, for life. But this is really important. I got cancer, was diagnosed with cancer the same year in my life, 63 years old, nearly to the month that my dad got cancer and died. And I believe, now knowing what I know now from your teachings, I believe that I manifested cancer in my in my life. So I, I, well, you know, I, I'm 60. I, 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 if I make it to 64, I would have beat my dad, you know, and I don't, cancer is after me. You know, so I mean, just did little, you have a fear about that? Yeah, that, that 2 a.m. thing where you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, you know, and then my sister you know, had, had died of cancer, too. Oh, wow. And so I'm just thinking it's hunting, hunting me down. So to have a weapon like the healing scriptures that you were talking about. And so, of course, Connie is and you know, you know, Connie really well. She's 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 a warrior, you know, and she's like, OK, we're going to find Andrew Amick and we're going to go. We're going to go to one of his meetings because we're all over your website. Right. So sure enough. In like two months or something, you were going to be in, in, in Riverside. And then her next thing was, we're going to meet Andrew Womack. And I'm like, well, maybe let's not bother him, you know. And, and, uh, and then we sort of sent the message that we'd really like to have a conversation with you about, mm-hmm. about your impact on my life. That's yeah, the that, longest that, answer to a question you've no, ever had. <laughs> no, that was awesome. And I remember that meeting in Riverside real well. And I got to, I think we ate together a few times yeah. and visit and, yeah. and just fell in love yeah, with you yeah, guys. Yeah. And the thing that impressed me 
was that here you are with all of these accomplishments that I was talking about and stuff, and you were just like a little kid. Oh, for sure. With the Word. You were so excited for about sure. it. And for sure. I mean, the hunger and the excitement and stuff was so refreshing. That you we know, just when loved you, it. one of my favorite books is, it was a bunch of them, but uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Victor Frankl is a, um, as you know, is a Holocaust survivor. And, and a lot of that book is about suffering, of course. And uh, even Jordan Peterson talks about suffering. And, and um, M. Scott Peck, who wrote The Road Less Traveled, that's the first part of his book, is that we don't embrace, we don't understand that, that part of this world since the fall is, is, is suffering. So when you, all of a sudden, when you're not happy one day and you're, and you're suffering, it's like, what, why me, God? Why did you do this to me? And that that was me. I figured that God could heal me if he wanted to, and maybe he didn't want to for some reason. And I'm looking back over the sins of my life and thinking, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that was the, was the reason. But uh, I had been through the suffering of the, of the cancer. I had a terrible, um, I had a thing called an ileus after the first surgery where it was, they did this thing to me where they, they put an NG tube down uh, uh, my, my nose to, to empty my stomach. And I remember looking at Connie with tears in my eyes and, and I just, and, I, and, I, and I'm sorry I said this, but I actually said, honey, please kill me because I was in so much pain. And then after that, it was the chemo and I didn't do well with the, with the chemo. So I had been, it was like a boxer, right? Who's just been beat to a pulp and he's just softened up. And, and, and then the, the, the guy, his, uh, his opponent knows it just takes one more punch. So all that would have taken was one more punch for me. And when the seed of Mark eleven twenty three landed on my ground, it was fertile ground. You know, John, you've experienced success in the secular realm, television, music, all this stuff in the way that very few people ever do. And yet here you are, all of that stuff didn't help you one bit when it came to dealing with cancer. And I think people watching this, that's a really good point to make that it doesn't matter who you are or how, if you're at the top of your game right now or something, every one of us needs a relationship with the Lord. That's the only thing that'll sustain you. You know what's interesting, amen, what's interesting about um, you know, I, for about two and a half years, I worked on, a, on, on, on my memoir because the guys at uh, HarperCollins, they were like, you know, hey, you've been, through, you've been through hell. Why don't you write about it? And it took me a long time to, to write about it. But uh, you don't have to write a book to do what I'm about to tell you. Is, but, but my process of writing was I had to go back and connect the dots. So you don't walk around you know, on any given day and go, Gee, I wonder how I got out of that, uh, and we'll talk about this later, but I, I wonder how I got out of that tent when I was homeless at 19 and a half years old, and then three, three years later, I'm anchoring the news in New York. I just thought, well, <laughs> I, just, I just probably did a good job or something. But when you go back and you connect the dots and you look at the people who have loved you into existence and into success, and then you also look at what could have happened, and you're like, I know now, because I know that I know that I know that the Holy Spirit was with me, tugging me. And, and, even, and even though I was in and out of, of faith, I, I look back at that and I can, and I can see that. And so it's, it, it's been a, and you can do that with journaling, right? You don't have to write a book. You can have a journal by your side of your bed. You know, just I just did that same thing this weekend. I was studying John 14, 8 about Philip saying, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just dawned on me, he wasn't satisfied with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a little mm -hmm. eight-page pamphlet on that, and it went back and talking about how God touched me. And it was, it was similar to what you're talking about, that you go back and in hindsight, you can see things 20-20 that you may not have even seen when you were living through it yourself. 
So we want to go on. You, you uh, uh, had this cancer treatment, but then it came back, and we're going to talk about all of this. But I think it'd be good for you to go back. You've had a lot of things happen to you. You were kicked out of your home. You were kicked out of college. Sure. Yeah. Living on a street. Yeah. Most yeah. people who see yeah. you at, at all of these uh, things, PBS I'm a, I'm a criminal. specials <laughs> and stuff, they don't know the background of where you came no. from. So. And, when, and when we, when we uh, recorded the, the Songs and Stories special right here at, at Karis Bible College uh, in the, the most amazing amphitheater I've been in uh, since Red Rocks, um, we, told, we, we told the story. It's, you know, the, the concert series is, is me at the, called Songs and Stories on the Piano, and it's me at the piano with um, stories about that we're, you and I are getting ready to talk about here. And I remember story. you showing you had an overbite or something, and your dad yeah. made us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. terrible yeah. looking. Yeah. The things that you've been yeah. through, most kids would never get over something. Well, like I was that. born in uh, I was born in 1952, so there was, and I had two older sisters. And there was really my my parents were you know back in the day your parents didn't even know where your school was you know now that now they have parents night and everything so they would just throw me outside and plus I was the third kid right and they said come in when the street lights come in so I come in I was. right yeah. yeah I mean we're very we're very close in, in age um, you look younger than me but you're a little older than me <laughs> I'm three years older <laughs> I know I know so uh, we so I, I lived a lot in the basement. And, and so that, that's really how I became, <laughs> I, 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 I took stuff apart, you know, I really, I, I was always, I was very curious and so I would take radios apart and try to reassemble them and I had a little, little organ down there and I would play, uh, I, I try to play Beatles songs and things like that. So when you, you know? say you lived in the basement, were you a little separated from your siblings and the rest of the family? Yeah, my, yeah, my, my, my sisters were dancing, uh, you know, for, they were learning the dances from American Bandstand, you know. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to, to record everybody's voice clandestinely, you know, with the, with the, the family uh, intercom. You know, I was just, I was, I was precocious, uh, but I was also really thin. I mean, I'm, I, I'm six foot six now, and, and I weigh uh, 225 pounds. But when I was That's in junior thin, high, for, yeah. when I was in junior high, I was this height, six five, six six, and I weighed 152 pounds. Wow! So I didn't have any problem with girls. They didn't, they couldn't see me if I was standing sideways. So no, turn I sideways, I, stick your tongue I, at you, I, look like a zipper. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, we've got all the way back there. But I, I, I was always, and I was always, I was the, I was the class clown and stuff. So I was trying to get noticed. I guess is what, what I could say. You know. And um, back in the day, you know, my dad was a hero in World War II. Uh, he fought off the coast of Okinawa in an amphibious assault craft, the USS Panamint. And so when he, you know, it was like, if you, there's, a, there's a movie called Great Santini with Robert Duvall where he's a you know, fighter pilot. He just keeps his kids in line like, like, they're, like they're the troops, right? That was our family. Our, our dad tried to do that. Um, didn't, didn't really work out. But... I wanted to be. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be an entertainer from and, a little age, young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I was doing. I mean, and I, I studied piano and trumpet with with high end teachers at like six years old, and and I was in the marching band and the orchestra when I was seven. In fact, the the marching band teacher, uh, we can talk about this later, but he um, he he direct the way he directed me, the process that he put me through was a process that I use today for you know for everything. So. Between seven and ten years old, you know, you're you're, you're so impressionable. But fast forward to uh, being um, in junior high. I mean, sorry, being a junior in in, in uh, high school, 
I wanted to go to those, on those college visits, right? And, and I wanted to go to, uh, you know, Interlochen or USC or, or, or Berkeley School of Music. And my dad said, no. He said, I've enrolled you at, in textile chemistry at North Carolina State University. My dad was the vice president of the underwear division of Haynes. So, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> so you had a desire to be a musician and he had you into chemistry. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he, he and rightly so, he realized that uh, if, I was, uh, if I was a musician, that uh, I probably would starve to death, right? So he's like, I got it all planned out for you. I'm going to get in-state tuition. I'll move back to North Carolina, is what he was saying. And so he put me in there in textile chemistry. And I lasted about, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three years, something like that. And then I took a radio and television course, and I got bit by that bug. I just had to be like one of these guys behind the camera here. Well, I read in, your, in this little bio thing that uh, you actually got kicked out of college. We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. So I thought <laughs> you passed it up already. No, no, no. Okay. It was uh, your great interviewer. I'm sorry. Um, uh, no, what happened was I, I got bit by that bug, and I decided I had to change my major without telling my parents. And so uh, I, I, I did. I, I, I tried to. I went to all of my professors and, with the drop ad cards, and, and I said, can you sign this, please? And, and they all like, yeah, it's fine. We know you're not interested in making underwear. And so, by, by the way, you know, I, 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 for most of my life, I had free underwear. Oh, well, yeah, that, some yeah. of the perks. Yeah, right. In fact, I don't even remember my mom ever washing anyone underwear. She just threw them away. <laughs> you always had clean, brand new underwear. Uh, brand Very new. Good. Right, right, right. And that's, a, that's a piece of information that most people will <laughs> never know about John Tesh. See, you get things right. from the gospel oh, man. truth. Oh, man, you got free underwear? Come on, you're blessed. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I finally got to my statistics professor, and he said, uh, no, I'm not signing this. We're past the drop ad date. And I said, well, I can't. I, I pleaded with him. And I said, I can't, you know, I can't change my major for another year. And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't do that. That's university rules. So I went back to my, uh, my dorm room and uh, I was, you know, lamenting all of this. And one of my friends said, this is crazy. How many kids are in that class? And I said, well, it's like 120. He goes, yeah, I know. Just do, just do what I do. Just sign your professor's name to the drop ad card. <laughs> I browsed one up, and I said, oh, I can't do that. That's forgery. Ah. So, um, so I thought about it, and I, and I did. I signed his name to the card, uh, regrettably, and things were fine for a couple of months. My major changed and everything, and then my report cards were supposed to come in the summertime. They didn't, but a letter from the university came to my father saying that I had broken the honor code, which I had, uh, that I was being thrown out of the university indefinitely, suspended, they called it. And then my dad, to finish me off, called me into the office, and he had a, he had a scotch in his left hand and a cigarette in his right hand, and put down the cigarette, picked up this letter, and he said, uh, he read the letter to me, and he goes, and Johnny, I'm sorry, but you're no longer welcome in my house. Oh, wow. And he kicked me out of the house. Wow. You know? How old were you? I was 19, right, 19 and a half. And so uh, I got my, I had like a little Volkswagen Fastback. I got in there, put my pup tent on the top. I had my Jimi Hendrix albums with me. And um, Jimi Hendrix is a guitar player. Yeah, you have to tell me these. <laughs> I, I've heard the name, but I couldn't have told you who he was. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've yeah. just been unplugged. He's like, like Michael W. Smith, but with, a, but with an right, electric gotcha. guitar. Gotcha. Not at all like Michael W. Smith. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I took off and I, I pitched my tent in a park in Raleigh, and North Carolina, and where NC State was. Girlfriend broke up with me, uh, but I pitched my tent next to a payphone in case my mommy wanted to call. 
And then I, I worked construction and I, I dug ditches and I, I pumped gas at College Esso for wow. about, about four months. Yeah. Four months you yeah. lived in a tent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only prayer I knew was the Lord's Prayer and I said that every night. I know that you were blessed today by hearing John talk about what God's done in his life. And I tell you, it is just awesome. We got a lot more great things to share with you. So join us again tomorrow as we continue this John Tesh interview. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with John Tesh. If you'd like more information about John Tesh or his book titled Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith, visit his website at johnteshrelentless.com. This is the CD collection that Andrew and I were talking about when we were having a conversation, A Better Way to Pray. This is the CD that my wife put into our, our car stereo system. And for an hour, we were driving around listening to something I'd never heard before. I grew up in the church, but I had never realized that I was praying and begging God. I was praying the wrong way and that there was a better way to pray. And once I got the revelation of that, through this CD series, I was able to get healed. So we're going to make this our gift to you. You can get this book absolutely free. We'll offer the CD set for a gift of any amount. And the same teaching that God used to change John's life can change yours. You can get Andrew's book titled, A Better Way to Pray, in either English or Spanish, absolutely free when you contact us. This offer is limited to one free book per household and is only available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. A Better Way to Pray is also available as either a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast and as a companion study guide. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. Our helpline is closed today to allow our employees to celebrate the holiday. But you can always visit our website where you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. On our website, you'll not only find materials from today's broadcast, you'll find a wealth of ministry resources available to you. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! You need to take a step of faith and start believing God for something big. God made every one of you for something special. The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. 
If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. We all have a purpose and a destiny, and you will find that out when you attend Karis Bible College. Every one of you were created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? Do you want to connect with like-minded believers? Do you want to go deeper in God's Word through the teachings of Andrew Womack? Then Karis Bible Studies is the place for you. Karis Bible Studies are connecting believers with the Word of God in your neighborhood. Find a Bible study near you by visiting karisbiblestudies.net.